What's going on, everybody? I hope this finds you striving and thriving and doing absolutely amazing. And today I'm joined by Derek Danzinger. He's the author of the book, I'm Autistic and I'm Awesome. And in this conversation, a listen, as Derek discusses viewing autism through a lens of a superpower and not a disability. Listen. As he talks about the importance of celebrating everyone in our classrooms, why parents and teachers need to work together as a team, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I am super excited for this episode. We have someone who's an absolute rock star, someone who I'm really excited to talk to because this is a topic that I need to learn more about. And I think many of us out there need to learn more about. So I'm excited to have Derek Danziger to the Teaching Champions podcast. Derek, welcome, my friend. Hey, Brian, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself, brother? I cannot complain. I cannot complain. I'm, I, I guess I could complain because it's already dark out and it's uh, early in the day. But I guess, you know, that daylight savings debate will go on and on. So. Yes, it is a little adjustment when you're getting out of work and it's already dark out at nighttime here. So, (laughs) but for the people who don't know who you are, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I live out in San Diego, California. Uh, I'm a father of uh, two kids, two boys. My day job is uh, uh, running the San Diego office of a um, public relations, government affairs uh, firm in, in San Diego. And uh, my night job is uh, uh, writing books and just trying to uh, um, put stuff on paper that uh, will be helpful and inspiring to people. Yes, I think that's so awesome that that you, you know, in your night job, writing these books. And one book that I want to dive into today that you recently published, it's called I'm Autistic and I'm Awesome. Can you share a little bit about what does this book stem from? What made you want to write this? Sure. I, my oldest son uh, was diagnosed around five or six years old as being um, on the autism spectrum, high functioning on the autism spectrum. But with that comes a lot of learning as a parent uh, of what that means and uh, in terms of social interactions with other kids or their learning styles and and, and all of these types of things. And so I, you know, as a, as a parent, there's no, there's no handbook on how to be a parent. And then there's also no handbook on how to be the parent of, of an autistic child. And with the prevalence of autism, which we can talk about in, in a little bit, um, I just felt like it, it was something I needed to, to do was to kind of write down how I was feeling and seeing and interpreting, um, this from a, from a parent's perspective. and what started is me just jotting down a bunch of notes and it started to rhyme and this and that. And then the next thing I know, I have people saying, Oh my gosh, you should turn that into a children's book. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. that, that all kind of catapulted into, to other stuff. So. Yes. And you were sharing a little bit about this with me about, you know, one, one of the beautiful things about your book is that you made it where it's different genders, different ethnicities and I believe you were talking about how the autism was shown in different ways. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's no, 
cookie cutter autism diagnosis for one. So every child that's on the spectrum at a full range of, of uh, the spectrum is going to display it in different ways. Um, and what's also important is um, autism doesn't discriminate. Um, so no matter your gender or ethnicity, everyone can be and is on the autism spectrum. And so it was really important to me that once my story um, got the interest of, of Road to Awesome Publishing, which is uh, Darren Papard and Jessica Papard and their wonderful um, team there, who I'm so grateful for their um, their support. Um, they took my book on as a project. We identified my illustrator, worked with the illustrator, and I wanted to make sure that you know kids from every um, ethnicity uh, were represented in the book so that if somebody picked up the book, they could say, ah, this identifies with me. It's not just like homogeneous or, 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 you know, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't reflect what our culture really is. Yes, absolutely. And you were talking about, you know, we were talking pre-tape that the statistics are pretty staggering about the prevalence of autism. Yeah. The, the national institutes of health um, came out uh, and the most recent statistics I I've seen are that um, one out of every 44 children nationally in the United States uh, is on the autism spectrum. Again, anywhere on the on the spectrum. In San Diego or the state of California where I live, um, the number is one in 22 um, children. Mm -hmm. So if you were to extrapolate that out, and I mean, I'm sure you have lots of teachers and educators that, that listen to your, your podcast, that really means that there's probably not a classroom in America that doesn't have at least one child that's on the spectrum and is probably learning or needs to learn differently than their classmates. Um, and so, I mean, I I think it's just startling because the schools oftentimes are under-resourced and, you know, having a child like this, it's just important both for the parent and for the teacher to to know how best to work with this child and give them the best chance at success. Um, and so that that was important to me that, you know, writing a book when this is so prevalent made, made a lot of sense to me. How about like what worked best is, is that you saw from your personal experience, like that teachers were doing or like that parent teacher connection going up that made it the most successful for your child? Again, there's, it's hard to, for, I, I can only speak personally from, um, from my experience because everybody is different, but I think the level of attention that needs to be pr provided to uh, a student on the spectrum um, is a lot of individualized attention. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times um, they can uh, feel awkward in social situations or, especially in classrooms, taking tests in a classroom where they feel like they feel like they're different from the other students and they don't want to embarrass themselves or do other things. So um, they they try to um, figure out ways that make them more comfortable. So, for example, things that might um, be taking a test, for example, it might be um, working with your school to create an individualized education program where if there's a test, they can go take that test in a room without distraction and, and things like that. I mean, there's so many of those different things or, um, you know, maybe reading, uh, they, they need time to sit quietly and be able to read and not be around groups. So they may feel, um, inhibited speaking in front of a class or 
completely the opposite that they want to talk all the time. Um, right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a very unique situation. I just feel that schools uh, across the country um, need to understand how um, how prevalent this is and make sure that we're investing in the resources for for teachers and and special education teachers and you know all the others to to support these kids. Yes, a hundred percent. And you were saying that you're involved in this San Diego autism. Is it the council? Yeah, I'm on. I'm recently on the board of um, uh, the San Diego Autism Society. Um, and so, um, the, uh, the society is great because it, for parents or family, it doesn't just have to be kids too. There's adults on the spectrum as well, but mm-hmm. I'm speaking from the perspective of a, of a, a parent. Um, but almost every city has an autism society or a group or organization that focuses on that. And in San Diego, for example, our, um, group is amazing. They put on an annual surf camp. Uh, for kids on the spectrum, they do family campouts. Uh, they do all kinds of like swimming events. Um, actually, one of the number one causes of, of death, unfortunately, with autistic children is drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so swimming and teaching safe swimming education is critically important as well. So I would encourage anybody that's listening to this that, you know, it has a child on the spectrum or friends or whatever, look into what resources are in your community and any way that you can support them, you know, you're, you'd be making a huge difference. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now what we talked about a little bit about looking at an autism diagnosis, not as a disability, but as a superpower, you know, what have you found from your own personal experience with this? Yeah. I mean, I think we're so quick as a society to judge people and and go down the the negative pathway and say, oh, you know, they're disabled or they can't do this or can't do that. When the truth is that these are like just super special people that just think differently than us. And sometimes it means they are absolutely musically inclined to hear a song and know how to play it, um, remembering dates, uh, just remembering verbatim uh, things that they, they've they had. I mean, they've tapped into just some really unique attributes that rather than focusing on it as a negative, let's say, how can we, how can we turn this around and look at it as um, super abilities versus disabilities? Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of in my book, I didn't go as far as to say, you know, say we're all, they're all superheroes, but basically I wanted people to friends and family of people on the spectrum to understand why the kids may be behaving the way they do and just better understand it from their perspective. Obviously, as not being on somebody on the spectrum, and I had this brought up, I had a um, person that was uh, back east that read my book, and he's an adult on the autism spectrum. And he said, hey, can I ask you a question? He just reached out to me from, from the book. And he said, I really enjoyed your book, but are you autistic? And I said, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, don't you think you should be autistic if you're writing a book about um, autism and understanding autism? And I said, you make an amazingly excellent point. And I said, I can only tell the story from my perspective as a parent, but Mm -hmm. you as somebody on the spectrum, you'd be perfect to write a book yourself that expresses it from, from your point of view. So those are some of the kind of cool connections that, that I've made just from from having the book out there. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, for you know, on on the parent end, like if you're a parent that has a child that that's been diagnosed with this, what were some of the things that helped you out along the way? Talking to the school district was super helpful because uh, in California we have, and I, I think probably the same in in other states. Um, I just they may call it differently, but it's a individualized education program. And if your child is formally diagnosed as being on the spectrum, it opens up additional resources that you can tap into as uh, a parent. So you can try to set your student up for as much success as possible. Um, And then there's um, also a um, a therapy called ABA therapy. It's alternative behavioral um, therapy. Um, where you can have someone that comes to your home and it's really more on like understanding social cues that um, may seem obvious to us, but sometimes are misread or misinterpreted by by um, people on the spectrum. And so those kind of therapists can be really helpful uh, there. So I always encourage people, you know, look in or talk to your local autism society to find out what resources might be available to you because you can talk to parents there who also have children on the spectrum and they'll say, Hey, have you ever thought of this or what? So it's just a nice network of, of people. Well, I think that it's great. And you know, what are ways like as a, as a classroom teacher, what are some things that, like from a, a parent's perspective that you would say, Hey, that I can bring in the classroom to really magnify this child's superpower. I, I just think it's, it's the individualized attention. It's so making sure the teacher is aware of the diagnosis so that they um, can be sensitive to the things that might both work to positively reinforce the child versus negatively reinforce the child mm-hmm. and know that it's like sometimes what works for all the rest of the kids is not going to work for um, for your child, but you know, that they deserve to be celebrated and deserve to be heard and find ways that can amplify their voice in mm-hmm. in unique ways too. And and also teach the other members of the class, um, you know, throughout their lives, they're going to go through um, meeting people um, uh, that are going to be on the spectrum or think differently and just how they can be supportive of that. I mean, I think back to when I was in elementary school and junior high and high school back in the the seventies, um, eighties, and, and early nineties, you know, there there wasn't a diagnosis of autism back then. You would hear mm-hmm. people say that's the slow kid, or you know, they would use uh, other derogatory terms um, to talk about about kids. Now we kind of better understand that, and I think people are generally more accepting. Uh, of that than they were many years ago. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, you know, as a teacher, and I have the young ones, so I'm always trying to to plant seeds um, with them as far as like, like how we accept other people. So we have a little mantra that we say every single day. And at the end of the mantra that we all say, we always say together, we always say we always accept, we respect and we celebrate each and every single one of us. So, you know, I think it's super important, like the message we send, but it's not just, you know, a one-time message. That's why, you know, a school year is 180 days. I want my students saying that 180 days, but then going through the actions and really making it a point to do those celebrations. Or if, uh, you know, things are always popping up inside the classroom. And if there there's a point where 
some students aren't accepting another student because of something that, mm-hmm. that we, we hit the pause and we stop it and we talk about it and we talk about, you know, we're accepting, we're respecting and we're celebrating each and every single one of us. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's super important. I had a, a few years ago, I had a student that had autism and this young man was awesome. And he he loved the Kentucky Derby and his family was just on the horse racing and he could name every horse. He knew the trainers. So we just did it inside the classroom. We just did a big Kentucky Derby celebration and, you know, all the students were picking up horses and, and everything. And it was just so much fun and it was sparked because because of him. So, you know, trying to pull things like that inside the classroom is cool. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, hall, like a hallmark thing that you see with autistic kids is um, a, a just intense focus and interest on something, and they learn everything there is to learn about it, and they mm-hmm. can't stop talking about it, and they can't stop you know getting involved. My son happens to like dirt bikes and e bikes, and will tell you uh-huh. everything there is about <laughs> dirt bikes and e bikes and uh, and stuff like that. And it's fun. I mean, it's fun. Um, conversation. I mean, going back to your point, though, too, is I, I think we're in an interesting time where there's never been more access to information about everything. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have to be careful where we get our information. But, um, you know, kids are exposed to everything um, now. And so while there's more awareness and acceptance on many levels and many things, there's also more information out there that causes people to distrust or uh, whatever. So I think it, if, you know, for, I, I have so much respect for teachers today because trying to navigate that world of, of information and social media and all the, the influences mm-hmm. that are out there um, makes it tough. So. Yeah. I think, you know, social media, especially my students are, are still young enough where it really hasn't hit them. But my my heart goes out for like the teenagers and and the high school teachers and even the middle school teachers that they're trying to navigate that world. And really, because that brings a whole nother level of uh, just a lot to deal with on many different fronts. Absolutely. So as we wrap up here, can you tell me two of my favorite questions? What do you have any favorite books or favorite podcasts that you would recommend? Um, so from a book standpoint, it kind of depends on when you talk to me as to what my, my favorite books are. Uh, I'm a big fiction guy and I love like historical fiction and stuff that pushes the envelope, like the Da Vinci code or something where you're like, Mm -hmm. did that really happen or be possible? But more recently I've been reading books that are more like philosophy and just kind of the meaning of life and, and big thinking I've read books like um, The Four Agreements is a recent book that I've read. Uh, another one I've read recently was, um, the, or I'm reading The God Equation, which is not a religious book, but it's about like what's on the other side of the universe and do aliens mm-hmm. exist? And some of these like big um, thought-provoking uh, questions. I've read The Alchemist. Uh, you know, those are, those are some recent ones uh, that I can think of lately. Yeah, so those all say, you know, I've read like a, the four agreements, the alchemist, the God equation sounds extremely um, thought provoking. So definitely one to check out. Now, for if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Um, 
they can go to uh, my, I have a, well, I have a website that's from my old company, but it still exists, which is danzigerpr.com. Um, but uh, my email is just derek.danziger, D-E-R-E-K dot D-A-N-Z-I-G-E-R at gmail.com. And I'm more than happy to uh, respond to questions. Um, the book that I wrote is I'm Autistic and I'm Awesome. It's available on Amazon. And I think people can connect or reach out um, through the Amazon link uh, as well. But those would be the the best ways to reach me. That's, that's well, I'm on Twitter too. You can look me up, but, but on Twitter, I'm, I'm mostly babbling about sports and <laughs> the frustration of being a San Diego sports fan and, and not as much about the other things. Yeah. I understand the frustration, my friend, as far as the, the sports go. Now, if you could have the listeners walk away with one thing, what would that be? I would just say, um, to have them always be curious and always looking to learn more. And like it, as the, in the case with autism, if this is something you're listening to and you don't know much about it, but this sparked your interest, take the time to, um, to look it up and, and learn more. Don't just go based on assumptions or, uh, or things like that. I mean, the world is at our fingertips now. And so um, I just encourage people to, to, take that curiosity and put it to good, to good use um, in that way. Yes. A hundred percent. And Derek, I just want to thank you for being here. The work that you're doing, the message that you're spreading, it is so important. And I hope uh, we can continue to, to put that message out there and just uh, raise that awareness. And uh, so thank you so much for being here, my friend. No, I appreciate it very much, Brian. I mean, these are the fun thing, you know, writing a book, it was never a a thing for me that I was like so focused on. I want to write a book and do this and that. It was more of a passion project that's led um to just amazing opportunities to to meet people all over the place and talk to people like yourself and have fun conversations uh, about a variety of things. So I I greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you today. Yes, we loved it, my friend. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. This conversation was so good. I love the perspective and wisdom that Derek had to share. Now this is a Teaching Champions take where I share three of my favorite gems from the conversation. And the first gem that I love is how we choose to view our students. And Derek reminds us that it's important that we don't view students with autism as having a disability, but rather we should view them as having a super ability. And as Derek said, these are super special people that just think differently than us. They have unique gifts, and it's important that we see those gifts and that we find ways to help magnify those abilities for the child. The second gem that I loved is how Derek mentioned the importance of the parent-teacher relationship and how we should work together as a team for the child. And Derek comes from the perspective of a parent. And it's extremely important that we take the time to listen and learn from that perspective. And as teachers, we bring our own perspective and our own toolkits to the table. 
And the important thing to remember is if we have a strong parent-teacher team and we take the time to listen to each other and we take the time to work with one another, then we can help make it a powerful atmosphere for that student. And the third gem that I love is how Derek mentioned that we should always be curious and always be looking to learn more. And we preach that we want to spark lifelong learners inside our classroom. So the same should be of us. We should push ourselves, challenge our thinking, look to see things from new perspectives. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you are definitely someone who's doing this. So keep learning, keep asking questions, and keep growing. Now, these are just a few of my favorite gems. Hit me up on X at B Martin Real or Instagram at Teaching Champions Podcast and let me know what were a few of your favorite gems. A big thank you to Derek for sharing so much wisdom and a big thank you to all of you for being here for being part of the Teaching Champions community. We support, we encourage, we lift each other up. And if you think someone would benefit from this message, please share. This podcast is all about magnifying the voices of others who are out there doing some amazing work. And always remember, it doesn't matter whether you're from rural America to urban America to Canada to Spain to Bahrain, We're all on that same team. We're all on that same mission. And we're always better together. Keep being amazing, my friends. And as you go out into the week, may you step into your strength. May you step into your shine. And let's build our champions up. Have a great week, everybody. 